Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, and you'll be joining me with my co-hosts and guests as we dive into how doing your inner work, or the beautiful work, is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. We hope you discover your passions, your purpose, and your fulfillment. Because when you change, the world changes. And when you do your inner work, or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Welcome back to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast, and I am here with Laurel Boyven again. Welcome back, Laurel. Hi, Laurel. Hi. Hi. Oh, we have such a big topic today. I don't know if we can keep it to a half an hour for our listeners, but we're going to give it a go. And if we can't, we'll come back and do some more on it. And the topic is selfish as self-care. So really, we're going to dig into the topic of selfish, that word, and relate it to self-care and try to put a new framework around selfish. So Laurel, mm. I'll just turn this one over to you and I'll just sit back and- <laughs> I don't know if I know how to be that selfish and take over the podcast, Laurel. Okay, there you go. Um, you know, I, I can tell you, I, I struggle with being selfish. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, oftentimes in my life, I have been known to say, why couldn't I have been born to be a selfish, bitchy woman? Uh, yeah. <laughs> my alter ego. Um, yeah. yeah, you're And it's up. hard because yeah. I, you know, there is such negative connotation tied to being selfish. Yeah. Um, but there is also such, um, you know, energy. There's such um, creativity that comes out of, protecting yourself in a way that you're caring for what you need. Yeah. You're putting yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, we live in a, in a, what has been a predominantly Christian culture where putting yourself first is not what is right. It's not the thing that you're supposed to do. Isn't, I mean, I wasn't raised a Christian, but that is what I feel like I hear and see and feels threaded throughout the dialogue. It's so interesting. And I have always seen it as um, how it's modeled. Mm. And so how have I, my, I personally seen other women in my family act other mothers, um, you know, raising my children, I always had this, I would give them anything. Uh, and I would say, take my left arm, I don't need it. Um, but the reality is there was a lot that I needed yeah. that I didn't take for myself because I was modeling other women in my family, my own mother, perhaps, mm -hmm. um, that, that, acted a certain way, selfless behavior so that other people were taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's hard to get to a point where you have to learn giving too much of yourself 
isn't it doesn't serve anyone it's not good for anyone so there's that balance yeah yeah and interesting um i'm glad you you brought up that whole idea because i know you know you and i are from generations i think you know where our mothers that the predominant role was the caregiver of the family and um many women didn't weren't working outside the home some were but many weren't and so the self-definition you know was really tied up in that role and in the being able to give selflessly kind of you know view and so so yeah i mean there's so many there's so many complicated indirect social cultural religious messages that we're all receiving and have received throughout our you know growing up experiences that need to be challenged when it comes to this word, right? Absolutely. Yeah, what yeah. does it mean to us and how is it gonna fit into our life and how can we learn to be less selfish or more selfish depending on what our habits are and and uh, it's complicated, it's not, it's not simple, yeah. It is not simple and that's why I love, you know, the topic of selfishness or being selfish as self-care, mm -hmm. you know, we, I, I'm guilty of this myself. I often think that self-care means a massage or, you know, a pedicure. Um, and I do not think that setting boundaries, right. you know, drawing a line in the sand, yeah. um, dismissing certain behavior or, or people. Mm -hmm. I don't look at that as self-care, yeah. um, but it is. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. And I think, um, it, one of the complicated um, topics is, is this idea of finding the balance of the reality that we are each our own center of the universe. Because when you are yourself, like it or not, the physics and the reality and the perception all is the world is evolving around you and you are the center of your universe. And so you can make yourself the only part of the universe and that does start to feel selfish or you can just acknowledge that this is your universe that you're living in and you're co-creating with all that's around you and mm -hmm. and own that there's parts of it that you're just going to be selfish in and that's the reality and and i think that we're all probably more selfish than we like to think that we are you know we like to say oh that's not selfish but really we all the choices we make tend to track back to something about ourselves. <laughs> That's right. And you know, it's, um, I hadn't thought of this, but maybe there's another topic here of self-serving, yeah, right? Yeah. So is there a difference between selfish and self-serving? Right. Um, because when, you know, again, tying it back to self-care, maybe there are some acts that are self-serving that are not self-care, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but we are the center of our universe and being able to co-create in that way, you know, I think it's beautiful and maybe a good example of how to do that and protecting yourself, you know, being selfish in a productive way mm -hmm. is being selfish about maybe your values. And so my values, you know, for community and connection with other people, mm -hmm. um, I could be the center of my universe, but act with according to those values and be selfish and giving in the same time. Yeah, right, right, right. So complicated. It is. 
that's complicated and I, and and yet so worthy of the effort of our time to really sit and think it through and find the right balance and the right place for each for ourselves around all of this mm. you know i think that my mom was the giving type you know so my example of motherhood was that you always were giving and always watching out for others and always 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 and so that was my primary role for so many years that it can be hard to change and come to a time in your life or a place in your life or or just a, a time when it's time to do it differently and not be as caretaking or as giving or as um, consumed with what's right and good for everybody else. And it is time to shift more into, you know, what am I doing with my life and how do I need to set up my time and my experience and my my relationships so that I can can be the creative force I want to be or contribute to the world in the way that I want to contribute other than my family or, you know, whatever the case may be. But it is this idea of in order to do that, there is a selfishness that has to happen to create that kind of experience that you might want to have. Absolutely. And the good reminder that you know, we, we only have this one life. I know. And if we do not live it selfishly, we, we may spend our entire life living someone else's life. Yeah. 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 And come to the end of our life and we have a lot of regrets. And I think that that's, that's one of the you know, one of the realities of working through this topic for ourselves is how do you walk that line of being selfish enough that you're taking care of yourself well and showing up and being who you want to be in the world and still having sensitivity to those around you and and how you're treating other people. And, and that's why this, this becomes a, a delicate walk, you know, and, and a balance, a balance that, and a practice. We were talking about this in our last um, podcast on self-trust, that it's become, it's a practice, right? How do you practice uh, being selfish enough, but not too selfish? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's selfish and selfless, right? Um, rather than or. Right. Um, and when you think about it, you know, it, trying to figure out what we want individually as women is sometimes hard. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably hard for men as well. I don't want to rule that out. But, you know, it's hard for us to decide what do we want? Are, are we worthy of it? And how do we get it yeah. without sacrificing what other people want? Yeah. Without yeah. ignoring what other people want. And that's where it is. You know, you said a delicate walk. It, it's a dance, right? Yeah, um, yeah. it is a dance. Yeah. And communication is so important here, isn't it, Laurel? Isn't this, I, I think about, this is one of the beautiful things I've learned from my husband, props to my beautiful husband, um, is sometimes we think so much or we're so afraid or we have all these feelings and we're worried about being selfish. And sometimes just the whole process of communicating what we want and just putting it out there and starting to talk about it and 
making it a dialogue rather than a demand and um, wanting to hear from other people and becoming a good listener so you can really communicate well around your needs and your wants and and letting the other person do that too sometimes it's as simple as that and you can find your way really much more easily than you think yeah right it doesn't always have to be or conflict yeah or feel selfish in the end right Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah what we think we might start out thinking oh that that would be so selfish in the end it may not end up feeling that way at all or seeming that way to the other person even right Mm -hmm. so our own definitions and our mind around all of this is what we're really challenging first and foremost you know oh that would be selfish to do that well would it really be selfish to do that you know and where'd you get that thought (laughs) that's right and is it possible that that's not the only thought you could have about this right um yeah it's so such a good reminder that we get to decide Mm -hmm. you know we're the ones who interpret what selfish is mm-hmm. yeah it's our thought yeah absolutely um so what do you think for you if you think about for yourself because we'll use ourselves, you know as examples for our listeners what do you think your biggest struggle was around you know when you were changing and changing your life and maybe had those feelings of feeling selfish for going for what you wanted or changing something that disrupting the the status quo, you know, what, what were, what was the, what can you kind of just feel into a little bit of the struggle that you worked through? Yeah. Around that. Sure. You know, I think for me, it's deeply rooted in other people's expectations of me. Mm. Um, And so I can say other people's expectations of me, And that could be interpreted as it's their fault, right? That I can't be selfish. But I'm going to tell you, my own behavior creates other people's expectations of me. So my own behavior creates expectations. And then I have trouble not meeting the expectations by doing things differently. Yeah, right. And so you know, if I could be a little bit more aware of my own needs right from the get-go, and I am better at it now than I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago, um, you know, recognizing my needs and feeling worthy of, of and entitled mm-hmm. to having my needs met, mm-hmm. I could probably, you know, I can influence other people's expectations of me, mm-hmm. which then would allow me to take care of my needs. Yeah, yeah. I love, Laurel, the way you laid that out um, for people. And thank you for being so vulnerable and disclosing like in that way, because it gives such a great example of how, you know, when we do do look at our lives and we do decide we wanna do it differently, how more often than not, we have set up patterns of behavior. And so we've, we've created not an expectation, but a pattern at least, and it could be an expectation along with it. And so people are just, that's the way you always did it. So why wouldn't you be doing it that way? Right. And so that's where we get into this idea of like communicating. Right. I know I, I think about, you know, one of my biggest phrases when I'm trying to talk about something that is difficult is I need to talk about something that's hard for me to talk about. 
that's where I start because I'm setting up the expectation that look at, you're going to look over here and you're going to see somebody uncomfortable doing what they're doing. <laughs> and, and so when we're changing or when we are doing something with, with is different, right. Is, you know, being able to say, this might not be what you expect, but I'm thinking about doing something X, Y, and Z. And how would you feel about if I did that? You know, what, what might that be like for you if I decided to suddenly change our routine completely? And now I'm doing X, you know, like just the communicating before the actual doing is I think an act of selflessness, right? That's that when you say putting together selfless and selfish, right? is thinking of the other person being selfless while you're being selfish, right? Putting right. not either or it's and, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's hard to remember the and, mm -hmm. but it's such a great, you know, kind of example of uh, how we can, we, we create other people's expectations and, and that, and by meeting everybody else's expectations, we create patterns of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're a really, responsible person and highly sensitive and conscious, which is mostly the kind of clients that I get, um, is we set up this dynamic where we're kind of thinking ahead and what does that person need next and fulfilling before sometimes it's even asked for. And so we have created sometimes circumstances that we don't suddenly enjoy anymore or don't want anymore, but we did that by being that person who could anticipate what other people want or need or whatever, and do maybe more than is our share or are even on our side of the street, so to speak. <laughs> That's a good reminder. I think we also anticipate other people's reactions, right? Your example of starting a difficult conversation the way that you do. You know, I did this recently with um, a friend of mine suggested that we go to Italy for our 60th birthday in a couple of years. And my first reaction was, oh, that would be so selfish. I'm sure my husband would love to go to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm anticipating his reaction. Yeah. yeah. And then when I had the conversation with him, oh, by the way, my friend suggested that the year we turn 60, we go to Italy. His reaction was, you should do that. Aww. You know, so very, you know, it's so interesting to see how yeah. we, you know, I think you used the word co-create, right? We co-create mm. um, what's selfish and what's not and how we live in a way that serves our needs yeah. Um, yeah. while serving other people. Yeah. I know. So big. So let's, um, let's think of some questions and some, some challenges for our listeners. Cause I feel like, this topic, I feel like we, we gave it a good start today and we probably want to come back and do some more talk about it. But just to begin to, um, I want to just challenge the cultural norm to begin with, you know, the cultural norm that says selfish is a bad thing, you know, yeah. right? And I think a journaling prompt that might work really well, I think I could do this easily. You know, when you think of someone in your life or someone it doesn't have to be someone you know personally but you know it could be a hollywood star who knows someone that you think is selfish that you tell yourself oh that person is so selfish and write 
all of the admirable qualities that that person has. Yes. Yep. Yep. I think that would change the way that we think about selfishness. I, I love that you gave that exercise, Laurel, because actually one of the exercises we did when I was doing my shamanic training, we were doing, I think it was for West, the West, work of the West. And we came, we had already been together for one week in this group. And then we were away from each other for six months and we came back. And we, in that very first day, they had us look around the room and see somebody that you're really uncomfortable with. And then I, and then write down what it is that makes you uncomfortable. What's the quality that makes you uncomfortable? And then just write about that quality. And what I realized through that exercise was it was, it was a shadow. It was a clear, it was so clearly, it was like what I was writing about in that person was something I didn't want to be. And I was working really hard not to be, but I, but I really was in my, in my hidden self. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And so selfish, it's, that's a great way to do it because it helps really challenge the way that we're thinking about selfish, right? It's hard to do it for self, but when you look over there and you see somebody else that you consider selfish and you start writing, you know, what that all looks like and what all the other things about them, you begin to start to break down the bigger, the bigger picture of that word, right? It's not such a small little narrow band of selfish, right? It becomes this bigger, picture of selfish. I love that. Absolutely. And then, you know, the other question I might ask is when you think about the qualities or characteristics of someone, you know, what is the social norm tied to that characteristic? Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, um, you know, and I'll just give the example of, you know, sometimes we are led to believe that an only child is more selfish. Right. Yeah. And so that would be okay, that social norm is what I was told. But you know, I love the example of when you know, the safety instructions on an airplane, you know, put your mask on first before you help your child. Yeah. As a mother, when have I ever taken care of myself before my child? Yeah. But the social norm in that situation is you take care of yourself first and imagine if we had that social norm in more places yeah yeah i know and i just want to shout out to my niece megan because she's an only child and she's one of the most unselfish people that i know <laughs> but you know what i mean that's so true i mean when we if we start to challenge right those those kinds of profiling that we do or bucket pigeonholing that we put people in Okay, so here's the one that came up for me when I was thinking about for our listeners is how about take some time and make a list of all the things that you would do if you could be as selfish as you wanted to be. <laughs> Tell me one of yours right now. <laughs> ooh, oh, ooh, ooh. You know, honestly, Laurel, it's interesting. I. I don't know. I don't know what to say, but I've worked really, really hard on this topic and I'm at a place in my life where I, my life, my, my, my days are mostly revolve around what I want. And because I'm not mothering anymore, 
I'm not, you know, I can say yes or no as I please. And so that's a hard one for me. If I was going to make a, li- I'm going to have to take my own exercise and go away and do it. I have, well, nothing, then- I have nothing off the top of my head. How about you? Do you have one off the top of your head? Oftentimes when I think I'm being selfish, I claim I'm going to be the one laying on the couch at, in the evening. That does not happen because I'm not a couch layer. So, um, you know, for me, it might be, um, I think you used this before, saying no when I have someone who needs to borrow my car. Mm. Yeah, okay. I, I might do that. Yeah. I've never done that before, but that would be an area that would be a newfound self-care for me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And today it just happens I'm without a car. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say what's coming up for me is I'm um, thank you for, for like trying hard to find something and then finding one for yourself. Because the, what popped into my head when you said that was, I think that there are times when I probably say, oh, yes, I'll go and do something with my husband and I might not really want to do it, but I want to do it because he wants to do it together. And so uh, that's going to be my challenge to myself is one time I'm going to say in the next week when he invites me to do something and I don't really want to do it and there's something else I want to do, I'm going to challenge myself to say no. That is a great example. It's such a great example. And it reminds me of two summers ago, there was an outdoor concert you know, in the town an hour from where I live. And my husband and I had talked about going because I wanted to go. It's free. Wednesday night, middle of the work week. And I called him on my way home and I said, okay, going to stop by the house and I'll grab you, you know, we'll get in the car and we'll go. 10 minutes later, he calls and says, you know, I was thinking I don't really want to go. So I said, okay, I guess I'll come home. Yeah. 10 minutes later, I called him and said, guess what? I'm going alone. And it was completely unexpected yeah. from him and me. And I went alone. So, um, so that whole selfish could be saying no yeah. to something that you agree to maybe reluctantly, or it could be saying yes to yourself, yeah. something that you want to do that someone else in your life isn't supporting you yeah. to, to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that, Laurel. And honestly, I just want to put a little pitch in for doing things by yourself. I learned how to do things by myself when I uh, was separated and then, you know, eventually divorced and had some free time without my my kids. And I learned to just go do things on my own, go out to eat by myself, go to a movie by myself, you know, things that I wanted to do. And maybe there was a friend around, maybe there wasn't, or it was just about learning what pleased me. What did I like? You know, for those listeners who's really lost their way and are out of of touch with what they like and what they want and what they really want to do because they have lived very selflessly, you know, my encouragement would be to go do something by yourself that you really want to do and and don't bring anybody. Just go and have fun by yourself and and feel what it feels Mm -hmm. like to be free and answering to no one for an hour you know and how selfish is that i know (laughs) and what an incredible expression of self-care i know i know yeah yeah and i think ultimately our self-care really doesn't have to hurt anybody else 
And if the other person on the other side of the table is telling you that it does, we really want to dig into that a little more deeply because that, that wants, we need to challenge that a little bit. Maybe that's what we'll come back and do another one on, you know, it's a great topic. We have so much to share, Laurel. We, as always. I know, I know. So thanks for listening, everybody out there. And we'll be back with more beautiful work, beautiful life. Thanks, Laurel. Thanks. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. Thank you for joining us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. We welcome questions from you, our listeners. Feel free to send one along. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for being with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.